Hi guys, in this show we're looking at Mail, Altman, Carter, Drew, Oz, Dunn, Agatha and Norton. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to do this in a Burmese accent. We're looking at 1981's An American Werewolf in London. <laughs> And I made a American Werewolf in London. Like, <laughs> oh, that's not a Burmese accent. Like the show. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Ringo Starr. <laughs> Thomas was an American werewolf in London. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Things We've Learned from Film. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Planty, uh, and I'm on a plane of the Atlantic. <laughs> uh, and I'm John. I'm the other guy. I used to be on a werewolf, but I'm all right now. Ooh, Jesus Christ. Go, the, dad, the dad gags are in early, eh? Straight <laughs> to the 80s, big man. <laughs> How are you, John? I'm all right, mate. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unnaturally warm for this time of year, but yeah. It's, it's mild, isn't it? It is, it's nearly, nearly taps off. It's a bit wet for taps off. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you get wet, then you'll take your tap off. Like your oh, man nice. coming out of the water. Darcy, innit? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're going to say, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> why. Daniel Craig. <laughs> yes, sure. That's what I look like underneath. Old Sid James. Right. Uh, where the podcast tries to learn hundreds of things from a different film. Every week uh, this month we are covering, uh, we, well, we we're going to call it the best of British, we've not called it anything, we've barely yeah. even given yeah, it a yeah. fucking fanfare. Yeah. It's just a something, isn't it? And in fact, even better, this week we're co- co- covering a film that technically isn't British, but it's all filmed in Britain and it's mostly British people in it, so have it. <laughs> John, what are we talking about this week? So we're looking at 1981's An American Werewolf in London, which when I first saw it was amazing and it's oh. It's still amazing. I got a 4K Arrow release that I uh, broke open for this. I watched it twice this week. Uh, I just love it. I've watched a whole bunch of the extras. Brilliant. Brilliant. Great stuff. It looks great. It feels great. It sounds great. It's funny. God, it is funny. It's so funny. It's so, uh, some weird bits in it as well, though. The whole uh, Nazi thing was about. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come to that. Um, Yeah. And again, down to the fact that the protagonist is jewish uh is yeah. the kind of the that's the joke i guess um anyway uh if you like what we do give us a quid a month and we will give you a shout out at the end of the episode except for this week john where i'm flipping it around and i'm gonna do the patron shouts now you're flipping the script i am man. flipping the fucking don't, table over so nobody wants to know about the, mo- the movies for 1981 so. no we'll get to that eventually but i want people <laughs> to know that they can give us a quid and we'll do this thanks for the reminder uh yep so we've got a lot of people that give us money uh some people that give us money and have nothing to promote uh we've got phil we've got gav we've got rachel who helps me uh not only by being fit as foot wife uh but also by being a fantastic research assistant Uh, (laughs) uh, and we've got absolutely well absolutely i am um right okay we've got maria and ian from cult connections maria's gonna be back on cult connections later on this year because they're doing the mandalorian series three is it series three of the mandalorian yeah yeah yeah, I'm a bit, I might be a bit over the Mandalorian after Andor, if I'm honest, but we'll come to that <laughs> some other time for Star Wars. Uh, Ian has just done an episode on um, some uh, the, the most prolific writer of all time. 
There you go. Uh, I'm not going to give you any clues on that one, but it's very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Indeed. Uh, Paul Parks of SP Film Viewers. Uh, he is doing uh, Saturday Night Fever, John. Saturday Night what? Fever. Yeah, he's staying alive. Uh, <laughs> Always nice, isn't it? Always nice when yeah. we stay alive. Uh, Dan and... Gavin? Gavin, there you go, fucking hell. Sorry, Gavin. Uh, Dan and Gav of Be There with Belson, a podcast. Uh, they are starting their, I want to say, fourth year this year Jesus. of arguing on air, pair of brothers. They're going to keep that up, man. Uh, no, but I guess they've been doing it for 40 years, so uh, they might as well just do it on, on, the, on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we have got uh, Biggie, we have got Gadget, and we've got Stig from... Modern escapism, uh, they will tell you all about whatever exciting stuff is going on in the world of film, games, media, uh, and they will probably be back at some point in the nearest future uh, to talk with us. Someone else that's coming on the podcast in February is going to be Josh Wilson, super familiar with the Wilsons. John, you don't know this, but I've nailed t- I've nailed Josh down, not literally, that would be hot, but I've nailed <laughs> him down to come on and talk Big Lebowski in the first week, in second week in February. Oh, nice one, nice. Uh, Mono and Kira, uh, Mono Rants at the movies, they talk about the films that you... Uh, probably watched at a house party, uh, and uh, yeah, they generally tend to talk about those at length. Nigel Davis, he sells goods through his website. We talk about Nigel all the time. He's just a baby. Uh, if you are interested in buying um, some tabletop miniatures, then Nigel is your man. And finally, we have got uh, podcasters that we love. We've got Punk from What the Fuck Do You Want, where John will be featuring on that later this year. Uh, maybe, maybe not so much love. Maybe, <laughs> get out with them. <laughs> he did our last Landis film, which was Blues Brothers. And yep. we've got Joe from Hallmark of Greatness, who I'm expecting to message me at some point anytime soon to say, here's what we're covering on Last Orders shortly. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, if you want to be involved in that pile of prats, then just uh, give us a quid a month and we'll say some nice things about you and some horrible things about you. Next couple of weeks, I'm just going to say horrible. I'm going to come up with one word, horrible things to say about all of you. So uh, you want to get involved in that, give us a quid and we'll say something really fucking horrible about you. Be like, creative. I'd, like, I don't know, you you want to guest on film floggers or something. I don't know. I... Whatever. Oh. Keeping that, that rivalry going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No one's listening. I, I thought you were going for some deep cuts. Like, uh, <laughs> punk. Rangeways punk. <laughs> no, I see you ruining next week's thing. Anyway, give us a quid and we'll do all that shit, yeah? Thank you. John, 1981, when we're not talking about the Patreons, what could we be talking about? Well, if they want an in-depth review of the films of 1981, they can listen to our Escape from New York podcast. But I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at ones that we never mentioned, and I don't think we mentioned Mad Max 2. Oh, it's my favourite Mad Max? Well, it yeah. is. my favourite Mad Max is Fury Road, obviously, because it's everyone's favourite Mad Max. But Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, one that we don't speak about too often is Piranha 2. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> it's okay. Piranha 1. Uh, Scanners, I know it's a fan favourite. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the Howling. Oh well, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Good. We'll come to that. Uh, and my all-time favourite, The Evil Dead. Uh the the OG, the OG. No, the, the reason I left that to last is because have you seen the, the trailer for the new Evil Dead? 
I saw Bruce Campbell introducing like a teaser where you see the mom through the the yeah. uh, the, the door. But the the full trailers up red. I, you, I don't watch them for film. You know that I don't watch them for films. I want to see. So I will be uh, going to the cinema. I will be first in line for that with kids who don't know what the fucking Evil Dead is. Oh, <laughs> no, looks looks good. So I'll look forward to that. But yeah, yeah that's 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 nineteen eighty one in a nutshell. Nut shell. What kind of shell? As this kind of nut. Anyway, uh, right. American Werewolf in London. We open. It tells us it's a Universal MCA company film. We've yep. done Universal MCA company about yep. three times now. But what we haven't done is Universal Monstar movies, John. Uh, there are 39 of the original series of Universal Monster movies uh, mm-hmm. from 1931 to 1956. And I did a bit of a dive into a few of them to right. come up with a couple of pretty random filmmaking facts. In the original Dracula in 1931, Um, (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Uh, It was paid $3,500, which is about $60,000 today. Wow. So it's not a lot to pull this string. (laughs) I will get us to do Edward. One of these days we'll do Edward. Um, The mummy writer John Lloyd Balderston, great name, uh, was a foreign correspondent for the New York World. It no longer exists. And he wrote extensively about the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb in 1922. So arguably, if anyone's going to know. He's going to know. Yeah. Aziz, light. (laughs) (laughs) Come (laughs) on. The bride of Frankenstein jerks her head about and hisses. Actress Elsa Lanchester based the movement and the sound on swans that she would observe at Regent's Park in London. Her words were, they're really very nasty creatures. They really are. That's a lot of bastards. It's just the one very nasty creature, actually, John. (laughs) Um, The only other title we get is for Jim O'Rourke. Oh, I uh, had to look at that. Did you find out who it was? Uh, but it was a producer that died just before um, production started. He died of cancer, and uh, John pretty much told everybody in the cast not there's no smoking on set. He did, yeah, but he didn't ban anybody from flying helicopters. Which, oh, oh, too soon, too soon. There was also hologram pictures. Was it hologram pictures? Hologram pictures, John. Yeah. yeah, have we done them? Oh, we no. did hologram as a as a radio company though. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't realise some of the films that it did. But say some of the films, but it did the Big Lebowski as well. Oh, uh, right, excellent. Notting, Notting Hill and Four Weddings, so they've got a bit of a theme going on. Okay. Well, the Big Lebowski doesn't quite have the same ring as Four Weddings, but you know. Ah, but. <laughs> <laughs> we open with a van full of sheep heading across the moors. And the tune. Transit van. A transit van, was it? All right, excellent. All right, okay, come. Let's get the soundtrack out of the way early, shall we? Yes. Because this is a big, big part of the film. I I knew you would do that, so I thought, just leave it. Right. Every song in the film has moon in the title. All right. Mm -hmm. And there's three blue moons. All right. Um, Blue Moon was written by Richard Rogers, who I think is Captain America, and Mm -hmm. Lorenz Hart. You've got their biggest hit, which was the Marcells, that little monkey out of Friends, uh, in 1961. Uh, and that plays at the end titles. That version was number one in the UK, the US, and New Zealand. It was number four in Tom's favourite, uh, the Belgian Super Sexy Flanders chart. Right. And number six where, John? 
It's got to be a nail lens, isn't it? Or... It's a nail lens. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, that's, when a bit, he... that's a better Bromley accent. <laughs> it was a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, during the transformation, it's the Sam Cooke version, and this opening titles version is Bobby Vinton. All right, okay. Yeah. Now, you'll love this about Bobby Vinton, by the way. His son, Robert, played his dad in the in Goodfellas. Wow. Forget really? about it. Yeah? How good is that? Capish, capish. So, now you know about Blue Moons, John. Uh, I've got a somewhat related quiz for you. Mate, okay. Get early doors. Now, I know, like most of our listeners, you're a massive English Premier League football fan. F off, man. Really? <laughs> and as such, I know that you'll know exactly what teams run out to these pieces of music. All right? right. So you've got there's 20 teams, most of which you don't even know the names of, that are yeah. in the Premier League that you can guess from. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with Blue Moon. Whose fans sing Blue Moon? Uh, have you got a blue strip? Is it Chelsea? Oh, it's not. It's another blue strip team. They're Manchester City. Oh. Right. I'll give you a little hint here. Who. Who runs out to Oh Forever Blowing Bubbles? Uh, I didn't know Michael Jackson had a squad. <laughs> he does, but they're all teenagers. You don't win anything with kids except the Michael Jackson trophy. Mate, I'm not going to get any of these. Oh. Uh, Think of a Cockney football team. Uh, the London Superstars? Well, arguably they are not superstars. Uh, West Ham. Oh, right, okay. Uh, next up. The the big tune from the Phantom Menace, Jewel of the Fates, you know, that's the one. Any guess? Whereabouts are they for Well, let's just say Ozzy Ardiles scored a goal in the cup for this team. Mate, that means I knew it wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't. Nottingham Forest. Oh, Tottingham Hotspur. Oh, I knew there was a T in it somewhere. Now. Here's a, here's a film you know the theme tune from, but do you know who runs out to it? Going Home, the theme from Local Hero. Mark Knopfler. If you know where Mark Knopfler's from, you'll get this. Not in a Hotspur. Newcastle. It's not in a Hotspur like theme, though. No, it's a oh. mixture of my team, Nottingham Forest, and Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, God. Jesus, I hope this makes a better listening than it does for fucking oh, writing. I'm saving yeah. a lot of ink for this, I'll tell you. I fucking hate football. Finally, John, Scottish-related, this one, and it's a team you've already mentioned, kind of. Mull of Kintyre by Wings. Who runs out to that one? Oh, and I will got, murder you if you don't get this. It's got to be Nottingham Forest. It is Nottingham Forest. <laughs> yes. The world famous Nottingham Forest. John, you got one out of five. Congratulations. I, I, got, I got the main one, though. That's a good a, one. Yeah. That was a <laughs> uh, just before we move on, uh, John Landis said he wanted Cat Stevens' Moonshadow and Bob Dylan's version of Blue Moon. What? Couldn't get them. This was on one of the documentaries I was watching. Couldn't get them. Apparently, Bob Dylan said no for religious reasons. Uh, wow. Oh, David's in the basement eating all the residents. <laughs> Jack's on the pavement skin ripped apart. <laughs> Jesus. And this is my favourite. Cat Stevens said no because he believes werewolves are real. <laughs> oh... I mean, really? He would know. He is a cat, so uh, you know. the cat in the fiddle. Maybe they've had a chat. 
Oh, maybe John Landis. John, <laughs> see when I look at John Landis's films, man, I just like you try and look for obscure ones, but it's they're all bangers, man. Like even Three Amigos, Spies Like Us, National Lampoon's Training Place. Every every film in my eyes has done has it, been an absolute. Is Spies Like Us still that good? It's it's, it's it's not in the same league, but it's still it's still one of the ones. Go, oh god, I want to see that again, but I there's no way it's very well. Mm. <laughs> uh, did he did he do Dragnet? Because I love Dragnet for some reason. I, I think he did, did yeah, he do Dragnet. Okay, I love Dragnet. It's great. Again, it's probably aged really badly, yeah, but I had a great yeah. time with that one. <clears throat> the driver lets these two lads out, David and Jack. They're students yep. touring Europe. Um, they get a junction of these three villages. Uh, I spotted, and all I could think was, "I've sold werewolves to East Proctor, Irwood, and Lesher, and by gum, it put them on the map." <laughs> okay. Um, oh God, Irwood, Jesus. I thought they were made up places as well. Well, one of them is. But... Yeah, East Proctor, uh, the tiny village of Crickadarn, six are. miles south of Bulleth Wells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shot all the Moor stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. All, all shot in Wales, of course. Of course it was. Jack says bye, ladies, to these sheep, in spite of the fact there was at least one ram in the back of that truck. I did spot that. Boo, Darby. Uh, <laughs> I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Um, it also made me think of the Simpsons this. Old Zeke rides up here with me. You can't trust a pig with watermelons, you know. Actually. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> pig in the front. <laughs> Jack's complaining it's cold and wet, yeah. and he wants to be in Italy meeting Debbie Klein, who they go to school with. Jack is obsessed with her, but David thinks she's dull, and he says they've known one another since eighth grade. Uh, it's that's That's a long time of flirting. That's a lie. Yeah. So eighth grade, thirteen to fourteen years old. So if they're eighteen now, they've been flirting for four and a half, five years. Jesus, that's a long go. time. I love these pair. I just think they—they're kind of. Oh, just, I did. You, you I, could believe that they've been friends for years. I got that. Yeah, yeah. You could also believe that they're kids, and they are not. <laughs> <laughs> they head into East Proctor uh, and the Slaughtered Lamb Pub. Um, <laughs> It's no the famous cock at the entrance of Highbury and Islington Tube Station uh, or Fanny's Ale House in Saltaire, but it's a quite a good name. They weren't no, into no. it. Well, Fanny Caddocks. <laughs> I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself, John, on the quiz. I've got another one for you. Oh, bloody hell. Right. So, pubs in I'm going to give you five. Well, it is, kind of. I'm going to give you five guesses to mm-hmm. see how many of the top ten most popular names of pubs in the UK oh, you can hell. get. That's, that should be easy. Well, you've got five to guess, and I've got the top ten. I also know how many pubs were called that. However, this is pre-COVID, so they might half of them shut. Ah, uh, true. <laughs> so, number one, what do you think? What do you think is one of the top ten? Uh, the Red Lion. The Red Lion, John. Correct. The Red Lion is one. Uh, the Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go again because I know that was just a gag. No, it was just a gag. Uh, it's a red line. Um, is there no sort of chief wheat chief or something? Unfortunately, not. No, not in oh. this. Not in this time. Okay. Guess number three. Oh God, the Bell's Bar. Unfortunately, not John. Bloody hell! Where have you been looking? Two more guesses. Oh, I need to get my. O bar one. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> think think about something pubs are named after. Uh, the happy drunk. 
No, John. You got one. Congratulations. You, um, you could have had... Uh, the most popular was the Red Lion, 529. The Crown, 489. The Royal Oak, 412. The White Hart, 301. The Plough, 283. The Railway, 281. The Swan, 275. Just the one swan, actually. The White Horse, 271. <laughs> the King's Arms and his oh. fat sausage fingers, 243. And the Ship... 233. What a, what a ship. <laughs> Indeed it is. Oh, I just I just I just frequent Glasgow too much. That's my problem. <laughs> the tenants bar, the horseshoe. Aye. Yeah, exactly. Aye, Sloan's. <laughs> oh, Sloan's is a good book. Uh, so the slaughtered lamb is full of farmers, right? It's full of basically people that just going about their their day-to-day daily business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it all goes silent when they walk in. We've all done that. I mean, I've done that in pubs in, in Scotland, I'll be honest. Oh, I, yeah, it's, yeah. hello, any chance of a pint? Any chance of a cup of tea? Um, uh, so <laughs> it's, te- <laughs> it's tenants we serve in here. Oh, nice one. Love six. Um, they want coffee, hot chocolate, and food. But she says it's ale or tea. Uh, have you got tea? No, but I can make you one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Attitude. Um, there's a pentagram on the wall. Um it's a star, of course, and they suggest that the owner is from Texas, which I kind of like. Right. Uh, David, like. David says, remember the Alamo? <laughs> <laughs> I remember Alamo. <laughs> a film with John Wayne in it. I saw it at the pictures. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see they had cows going tap as well? I didn't spot that. Well spotted. Uh, and just a fact that I just looked up just for a shake it. If Carbo's created the perfect woman, she'd probably look like Kelly Brook. Just so you know. All right. Oh, very good. There you go. Tidy. Uh, The Alamo's a 1960 John Wayne film, as she said, directed by John Wayne. Oh, $12 million budget and a 20 million box office. I assume that makes it a flop domestically. 167 minutes long, which I think is about as long as The Siege was. (laughs) Not, Not really. That actually lasted 13 days. Which is half as long as the film adaptation. Oh, I thought you meant the siege with fucking what's his name? Karate Chops? No. <laughs> it's the Karate actual Chops. siege. Um, yeah. I would argue that that film adaptation needed more chupacabra and uh, it would be a lot more, more interesting. The main guy holding court here, the always brilliant and much missed Brian Glover, right? And he's called Chess Player, isn't he? Yes. He starts yes. telling this joke Jet about number one and chess player number two. <laughs> this plane that's crashing. So he says, there was this airplane over the Atlantic on its way to New York. It was full of men from United Nations. So halfway over ocean, the engines were low on petrol, which I laughed so hard when he thinks that the engines <laughs> are full of petrol. <laughs> so they have to lighten the plane. So they heave out all the baggage, but it's still too heavy. So they chuck out the seats, but it's still too heavy. Finally, this froggy, sick, steps up and shouts, Viva la France, and leaps out. Then an Englishman steps up and shouts, God save the Queen, and he leaps out. But the plane is still too heavy. So the Yank delegate from Texas steps up and shouts, Remember the Alamo, and chucks out the Mexican. There you go. And and everybody (sighs) falls about laughing here. Yeah, even though none of them remember the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) Including a fantastic spit take here, John, from who? 
Rick, Rick Mail? Your your personal favourite, Rick, Rick Mail. Rick, Rick, Rick. I think it was his second or third, third film, man. Second film, yeah. Now, oh. do you know how they got him in? Uh, through the back door, because he was so rude. <laughs> um, Raiders of the Lost Ark was filming at the same time uh, in London, uh, and Frank Oz and Jim Henson were in town. They took Landis to the comedy store, where he saw Aid Edmondson and Rick Mail. Oh, wow. And he thought they were so funny, he offered to create parts for both of them. Uh, and he said, although only one of them showed up, I don't think they really believed me because Ada didn't turn up, but Rick did. Um, Landis later recounted, he was right. I didn't actually have a part for him, but I loved his face. <laughs> so we sat him down to the slaughtered lamb for the opening scene. And his presence really helps establish the mood of the movie. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. It's good, isn't it? It really does because as soon as I seen him, I just honed right in on him. Yeah. Because somebody else who's in this film, they're um, they're not credited at all, and I didn't see them, but they're actually in this. Oh, it's, who's uh, that? John Altman, Nasty Nick for EastEnders. Oh, what? Uh, he's in this. Apparently, he's one of the one of the policemen, but because there's so many oh, of them, I, couldn't, I tried to spot him, but I couldn't. Oh, spot I wish him. I'd known that. I would have specifically not <laughs> my, uh, my 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 posh version. Oh, on the old 4K. I was watching Absolutely. Kinso as well. <laughs> Jack <Kinso> asks, K. <laughs> what's the star for? And there's this guy throwing arrows. <laughs> he's dead upset. I've missed. I've never missed ever. Uh, you made me miss. <laughs> he's somebody in He's he? David he's Schofield. He's David right. Schofield, character actor. Uh, he's in that Wolfman film with Benicio Del Toro. Ah, uh, right, okay. Link, link to last week's episode on Snatch. Uh, they basically, like, get out. You know, oh, we're not welcome here, fine. The lads leave. The landlady doesn't want them to. But the patrons are like, beware of the moon, stay on the roads. Mm-hmm. Brian and when they're all kind of talking amongst themselves and Brian Glover's character it's in God's hands now <laughs> I know lad, thank you um, the lads head up the road and of course straight onto the moors because they're not listening by the way John did you check out the gorgeous puffer jackets they were wearing oh yes yes I, prefer, I, I honestly did think David's was better though the Those red one more padded. yeah, yeah, the red yeah. One. Uh, Eddie Bauer invented the first puffer jacket in 1936 called the Skyliner Ooh. Uh, it encased down feathers within quilted fabric and was created out of personal necessity after he nearly died of hypothermia while in the fish, fish and chip. A fish and chip shop? Fish fishing chip. trip. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, he painted it in 1940. And there you go. Uh, they hear a howling. Um, I, I think one of them said, what was that? Oh, it's probably just a coyote. <laughs> there are no coyotes in England. <laughs> Uh, he's right, they're natives to North America. Historically the West, but you can find them in the East today. I believe they get those greyhound buses on holiday. Uh, I would have thought. That makes sense. They decide to head back to the slaughtered lamb, but they're lost. Uh, they're chased by some growling and howling. David falls, and Jack goes to help him up. You scared the shit out of me. Jack goes to help him up, and then BAM! He's attacked by this snarling beast. It's a great kind of like oh, surprise, nice. isn't it? Nice. Like you oh, don't yeah. expect it. Uh, by the time David David starts running away, uh, and he's like, ah, ah, uh, and by the time he goes back, it's killing him. But not before Jack yells, it's killing me. <laughs> what? We get that. We get that. Who the fuck's you, written this? <laughs> do you know what scene that reminds me of? And it's, and it's, it's a film we've done. Um, remember uh, Army of the Dead? Yes. When the soldiers are literally in the same scenario where he's one falls and it's like, oh, you, and then he goes to get one. He gets oh, attacked. Yeah. Exactly the same bloody. Looks like it's as if it's shot Stolen. for sure. Stolen. Yeah. Stolen. What a Schneider. 
Stop what you want, Schneider. Indeed, yeah. It's about to attack, David, but the villagers show up and shoot it dead. But before David passes out, he sees a body riddled with bullets of a man completely naked. He wakes up being looked after by nurse Jenny Agatha. Oh, God. You wouldn't mind, would you? I, I think this is my first... My first sort of, like, bear in mind, I was brought with carry on movies, but yeah. watching Jenny, I got her in that, that. Mate, she could have my railway children any day. <laughs> Just didn't expect to see her in that outfit, or, or out of that outfit, to be honest. Like, no. little, little flash of nipple at one point. Oh, oh, hey, oh. One for the dad's that, in it? Yeah. One for the bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, this other nurse, this northern nurse. Yeah, but I liked her. She's like, hey, up, I'm from north. Eyeliner was fucking, Jesus Christ. She, she, uh, she says, uh, says, oh, he's definitely, you realise he's Jewish because he doesn't have a foreskin. The doctor comes in. Uh, it's common practice these days. My f- Probably my second favourite character in the whole film, by the way, this doctor. I, yeah. I love this doctor. It goes on this random bloody Police hunt, and <laughs> he turns it turns detective. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, 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 through the it, belt. I, he totally turns into a bloody um. What's that guy that used to kick about at bloody all the colleges like Oxford? And oh, uh, Morse. Morse. Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. I was going to say even had the same car, but it turns out it was a nineteen seventy seven MG. All oh, right. Okay. So it's not a it's not a jag like Bergerac. No jag. No jag. Bergerac, remember him? Wow, 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 wow. Who's that for? Uh, as just as the doctor explains to Nurse Price, Jenny, I get her, um, that they were attacked by an escaped lunatic on the moors. Something yeah. doesn't seem right. The doctor brings in Mr. Collins for the embassy. Did you spot who this was, by the way? Oh, mate, honestly. Right, so see if you shut your eyes and listen to your voice. Yeah. It sounds like David Cross, right? But it's Frank Oz. Do you know what? I got massive David Cross fucking vibes. Yeah, yeah. Is, is David Cross just doing a Frank Oz impression Frank Oz, in his entire be. life? Yeah, because he, he talks just exactly like him. So Fuck, when you shut your eyes, like, that's, that's David Cross. Yeah. But Man, I, he uh, blew himself all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, Yoda himself, old Frank Oz. <laughs> it was indeed. Hi, yeah. And there's this bit where he starts to get really annoyed and angry, and he just sounds like Miss Piggy. Is <laughs> <laughs> it all credited, didn't he? Miss yeah, Piggy. And... As herself. <laughs> yeah. So do you, think, do you think Frank Oz got, uh, got two paydays? Oh, residuals twice. He's still getting paid for this twice. Exactly. Oh, he, gets, he gets a he gets a he gets a cop like one of those big comedy checks through the post <laughs> and a <laughs> little one. Making the bacon. I I was very disappointed. He didn't go one prophylactic soil. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't understand why David's so upset to hear that his best friend's dead. He's like, these kids, they never want your help. <laughs> they never appreciate oh, yeah. anything you do. It's like, get out, you dick. <laughs> uh, David explains it was an animal, not a lunatic, possibly a wolf. Yep. Um, now, <laughs> Dr. Hirsch goes back into his office, and I was shoulder shaking, laughing at this whole bit, right? Um, he's upset that he has to spend an evening with some other doctor, Roger Matheson or something. And he's on the phone, he's like, uh, um, If I survived Rommel, I think I could survive an evening with him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we've gone from really badly written lines to brilliant written lines like that. Yeah. Uh, he goes to take a drink of tea, and the intercom 
the ghost, and it's just so like and like Britishly annoyed, isn't he? Uh, like oh, yeah. possibly the best actor in this. Yeah. Um, oh god, without a doubt, the, the slaughtered lamb bit really, really shows that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's so much fun in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the phone won't stop ringing, and here's the police. They want to speak to David. By the way, he says to one of these coppers, "He said, uh, would you like some tea?" No, thank you. And the other one goes, "Well, yes, I would like some tea actually. Uh, it's a, it's no trouble. Um, maybe later." While the police are here, the doctor explains he doesn't want to spend the night with Roger Matheson. He's on the phone again. And he just gets so frustrated. Goes, Tell him I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, yeah, it's fucking really. <laughs> the police don't believe David's testimony because they've got an autopsy report on the man, as well as witness statement. Uh, David's having these dreams of running through the woods naked before attacking and eating the haunch of a deer, which I've got to be honest, look tasty as fuck, man. Really Get me some it. of that haunch. We better, better snort paper on it. It'd be lovely. Absolutely. Uh, Nurse Price has to feed this little shit of a kid Benjamin tablets. Oh, uh, no. 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 Right. He's a little shit. She threatens him later, and I love it. Um, but the kid that doesn't get his is the kid that slaps her on the bum. I know. Like, absolutely out of nowhere. Oh, I, I was like, oh. And the look that she gives him, I'm like, do you think? Someone just told men? them to do that, uh, like, and it like I came as so. a surprise. Because uh, it certainly surprised her. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, she heads to see David and explains he needs to eat something, otherwise he can't have his meds. She explains her name is Alex, and she starts cutting up his food to feed him what I thought was a Finder's crispy pancake. Nah. Like a turkey uh, scallop uh, or something. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. looked like it, didn't it? All this, of course, is before Heston <laughs> Blumenthal went in hospitals and changed the menus. But it didn't burn his mouth. That's how you know it, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't full of lava. <laughs> now, oh, I found God. there was actually something weirdly erotic about being fed shit hospital food by Jenny Agate addressed as a nurse. Oh, God, no. <laughs> now, that is a niche Pornhub tab of its own. <laughs> There's a good jump scare here where David dreams that he sees himself in the bed. And as Alex approaches the bed, he's got a spooky vampire face. Oh, it does, didn't he? Yeah, it's definitely a vampire. Yeah. In the woods. The doctor explains that his dreams are not hallucinations, but they're just dreams. Um, What he believes happened didn't happen. There's too much evidence. David explains, doesn't want to be alone. The doctor says, I'll send somebody in. And of course it's Alex. Um, yeah. who reads it? Reads him a kid's story. Reads him a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, mm. uh, which is uh 1889 book. By Mark Twain. Never. Um, a Yankee engineer called Hank gets hit on the head and wakes up in England. He uses his knowledge to become the new Merlin. Uh, you're not going to believe this connection, by the way. There was a musical adaptation in 1927 by our Blue Moonies, Rogers and Hart. What? Unbelievable, isn't it? What is it? It's all linked, man. It's, it's all linked. Every, it just, like, the fucking Matrix is glitching, man. I'm glad yeah, I took that yeah. red pill. Um, that was a suppository. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I would like Jenny Agatha to do one of those YouTube ASMR things, oh, you know, just I, reading. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Um, the next scene, we're back in America in David's house. This is mental, by the way. This, this bit blew my mind. His, this is the bit that got me. His mum and dad and the two kids watching the Muppets, you mentioned, and the door goes, and David dad, I'll answer it, and they all get murdered by what? 
Uh, Nazi creatures? Yeah, I've written zombies, but... Uh, it's uh, it's weird. As, as if fucking Nazis weren't bad enough. I know, they had to put prosthetic there together. You can't explain. It looked like something a labyrinth. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah. They destroy the place with gunfire and Bernie fire. Um, just to differentiate the types of fire. And then he wakes up, and it was a dream, and Alex is there, and she goes, oh, After he gets his after he gets Oh, yeah, he gets his throat, throat slit, yeah. Yeah, right then. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, that zombie thing was played by uh, Rick Baker, special effects guy. Oh, oh Rick Baker? His yeah. So, uh, where were you talking about him? I was looking him up, but pre this, he had done The Howling, mm-hmm. right, which is 1981 as well, but he'd done some of the Star Wars movies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, what a guy. He's done loads. There was too many to rhyme off, but... <laughs> he, he has done quite quite the number of them. He's, um, done he's done basically everything that Tom Savini hasn't. <laughs> the two, the <laughs> two that I could find that were kind of related, Wolf from the 90s. Do you remember that with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Jack Nicholson? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack I've Nicholson, never yeah. seen that. It's quite long. What's the yeah, It's just because I'm just marking his territory and Peter. Is it? Everything. All right, okay. Uh, and cursed, which you know I love, the Christina Ricci. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Werewolf film. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. That um, was good. That, yeah. He also did the uh, the makeup in Coming to America. Oh, for the guys yeah. in the bumper shop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that was Murphy good. Stuff. Yeah, 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 that was good. Um, he's also the guy in the King Kong suit in that awful King Kong remake from '76. The one with Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Jesus. And he has won Best Makeup Oscar seven times. This one, which of course was the first ever one, um, mm. Harry and the Hendersons. Mate. Future episode Edward. I'm going to fucking force that through. Uh, <laughs> the Nutty Professor. Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Grinch. And The Wolfman. He's got fucking form with wolves, hasn't he? Uh, really is, yeah. eh? That's a, that's a good wolf. I like to wolf my dinner down too. She opens the curtains and this other Nazi zombie turns up, stabs her. I know. <laughs> David so wakes dream, up. Dream within a dream. Yeah. He's been he's, he's been inceptioned. <laughs> he's been natceptioned. <laughs> Give that another look around the table. I, I love this porter basically who brings the food, right? I got amazing Saeed Jaffrey vibes from him. You know, Billy yes. the Fish out the man who would yes. be king. I, yeah, it's yeah. not him, of course, but he's so happy to be delivering the most subpar NHS breakfast food <laughs> I've ever seen. He's like, we've got porridge, we've got uh, full English breakfast, or bacon and eggs, toast, yeah, toast. <laughs> all this it's jam, yeah, toast of jam. Oh. <laughs> this, he's brilliant. Uh, he's like a fucking whirling dervish, and David shits himself as he wakes up. And a good morning to you. He's away. <laughs> he puts Hi. his spoon Staying in the porridge. In the, in the porridge that just sticks there. It's oh, like fucking so solvite. <laughs> <laughs> David's not alone, though. Who's here? Old uh, Slashy McSlashy Face Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, brilliant Rick Baker makeup. You can even see, like, the scarring. He's got the flesh ripped there's, off his there's, face. There's a bit that's flapping about when he's Man, talking. And he I wanted just to pull that. that flappy bit off. It was <laughs> fucking with my chi. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> David tells him to get the fuck out. And Jack... David, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> it's just the delivery of every line from Jack from here on in is perfect. I'm sure they stole the, the look of that. Um, and uh, what's it called? Is it Pet Cemetery? 
Yes. Where he knocks somebody over, but they keep coming back, but they've got half their faces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good so point. Idea. Robbery. Robbed. Uh, Jack's delighted at the turnout to his funeral. Debbie C- Klein cried a lot and then went and slept with Mark Levine, who's apparently an <laughs> asshole. They're like, Mark Levine? He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, Jack's line was, life mocks me even in death. Even death, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, clap, 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 clap. Thank you. Um, Jack's here to warn David. Um, it was a werewolf that attacked him. And because he was murdered by the creature, he now has to walk for the rest of eternity in limbo until the wolf's yeah. bloodline has been severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. Bum, bum, bum. And that is... It's you, David. Yeah, absolutely. It's all for you, David. <laughs> David thinks he's talking shit. Uh, Jack explains. Take your own life before you kill others. And beware of what? Beware the moon. Beware the moon. Alex runs in. He's crying out. Um, and he kisses her and says, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> I know. Blatant as you like. Uh, Jack was there. Uh, he was telling me I'll become a monster in two days. Now... Taking all that on board, as Alex does, as a professional mm-hmm. that's obviously been to college to train to be a nurse, yep, and he's smart and he's conscientious and he's very good at her job, she instantly says, why don't you move in with me? I know. Red flag set in. She's <laughs> like, why don't you come stay with me? Yeah, absolutely. And we find out why. In a scene, you know, again, another perfect line coming up. I mean, this is entirely the reason why women keep getting murdered. <laughs> I've done <laughs> the fact that men are awful, but, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a contributing factor. A couple of days later, she's taken him to her flat, but they need to go to the shop first to get food. Uh, David exclaims that the food's really expensive, and she says, well, that's inflation. And I was like, wah, wah. wah, wah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you manage to live? And she's like, carefully. Nice. And I was like, "Whoa, it's a bit fucking soon." That. <laughs> Before we go ahead, uh, so did you did you notice in the um, in the hospital there was earphones on the oh, bed? Oh yeah, he was listening to the radio. Uh, yeah. but they were attached to the bed, and I looked up. There's no such thing. I don't understand why they made that a thing. <laughs> right. Okay. There's no as if it was like a Walkman anywhere. Yeah. I mean, so it's plugged in. So it's yeah, not like the, the telly that you have to pay five quid a day for. Oh, yeah. That's fucking shocking, by the way. Uh, but you pay for it and just roll it in the smoking area so everybody can watch it. <laughs> oh, you can't even go to a smoking area. No smoking area anymore, John. Oh, yes. just goes to show how long you know. I've been, I've been nobody in hospital. <laughs> I spent too long in hospitals the past two years, I'll tell you. They're on the tube and it's packed full of these bright haired punks, which <laughs> I fucking loved. It was this brilliant oh, flashback. I remember seeing my first punk in. London in 1989. So again, eight years right. after this. I don't think he was on the tube, but he had on these huge Mohicans. You know, the denim jacket cut off at the arms. Um, I don't know why I never saw one in knots, but I never, I never remember seeing one. I was really taken aback. Um, she lives in this tiny, tiny one-bedroom flat, which would probably still be about three million on the market today. Oh god, yeah, um, easily. In, 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 in certainly, if you were selling one. What I can tell you. Is that I went looking on Rightmove for one bedroom flats in central London this morning. Uh, a lower ground floor flat, that's the fucking seller to me and you, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. in Victoria, was the cheapest on Rightmove at 425 quid a week. And it does not have a single window. Yikes. What? Jesus. Mate, you can rent a two bedroom house in Carlisle for 500 quid. 
man. But you've got to stay in Carlisle. Swings and roundabouts, mate, isn't it? Exactly. You know? But you've got to live in the same fucking city as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I do think of worse things. No, right, no, right, no, though. <laughs> Very good. It basically says, I've noticed there's only one bed. And she says, I find you very attractive and a little bit sad. (laughs) (laughs) Women! Like, what? What? I mean, I was never attractive and I was never sad as a teenager. And I think that was the problem. Maybe that's where you were going wrong. I think that was exactly where I went wrong. Also, I was a really fucking loud kid with a massive afro. So... She then tells him she's had seven lovers, three of which were one night stands, uh, and they jump in the shower together and do some shagging. Yeah, oh, uh, heavy petting. Yeah, to Van Morrison's moon dance. Right, mm. this is odd as fuck. Nineteen seventy album of the same name. The single was a song on the album. Came out seven years later in nineteen seventy seven. What? So it reached a high of 92 on the US chart. Right. So that'll learn you for waiting seven right. years to bring Why out a fucking single, you mentalist. Hmm. If you want to sell any copies, you'd just bring it out the same year, right? Aye. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, that's craziness. I don't intend to tell Van Morrison how to fucking, you know, about music, just as I don't expect that fucking nutter to tell me how to do podcasting. True. Although if you wanted to come on and tell us, we'd be all for that. We have to cut a lot of it out, but aye, and it may be seven years later. But yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, John. One surefire way to get rid of a stoner for me is listening to Van Morrison. Uh, In fact, I can't think of much Irish music I'd want to shag to, like uh... what the Dubliners, <laughs> the Wolf Tones, the sisters. Yeah. Oh, the cores, the lovely cores, the lovely cores. Uh, just the thought of listening to Bono makes me want to cut my own fucking knob off, if I'm honest. Be wetched, I'm all a bit of be wetched. <laughs> yeah, all right. Is this doing anything for you, Mono? <laughs> um, in the night, David wakes up and heads to the bathroom. He takes the world's shortest piss, doesn't he? Yeah. You can tell he's not and in yeah. his 40s, eh? <laughs> yeah, God, I. Jesus. <laughs> Um, who's there decomposed even more oh there he is sitting over it's old I was going to say Jack Griffin there but it's uh, Jack yeah Griffin Dunn same person Griffin Dunn Uh, yeah yeah, he's decomposed even more um, and he's gone a bit green and he has this conversation uh, with him reminding him it's full moon tomorrow reminding us the the viewer of course but David says it's just a bad dream Jack doesn't want to kill and make others like him David tells him to go away I won't be threatened by a walking meatloaf. <laughs> and he literally will do anything for love, but he won't kill himself. Um, um, Alex wakes that, up that come back. <laughs> <laughs> and heads back to bed. And Alex thinks that David blames himself for Jack's death. Hence the bad dreams. Yeah. Uh, we now get into fucking Dr. Bergerac, right? Which is... is Probably the f- one of the funnest bits of the film, really, that doesn't... One of the funniest bits of the film that doesn't involve Jack. Think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is really good. Um, Pat through all these sheep, through some rain, and then into the slaughtered lamb. Did you did you catch what he asked for to drink? Oh god, what was it a Campari? He, he a asked Campari? for a Campari and soda, right? That's what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. A Campari is red coloured uh, spirit. Um, 
which is, according to their website, obtained from the infusion of bitter herbs, aromatic plants and fruit in alcohol and water. I would like to know what the fuck I'm drinking before I drink it, if it's all the same to you. I want to know exactly what hops they are and exactly what malted barley it is. (laughs) So don't just give us that. But yeah, she's like, no. (laughs) Uh, Don't have any of that. He settles for a small Guinness. Yeah. Which she pours out of a a, a bottle into one of these fantastic half glasses. Remember those half pint glasses? That's what I used to drink my... uh, uh, Nuki Brown out of. They always used to give you one of those glasses in the pub. If oh, you always right, always right at the bottom. Oh, not me. in a pub, no. mate. Fucking, I'll oh, have a bit of class I, about yourself. No, no, always in the pub. That was my, that was my last round. So every time it was the last orders, I'd get that because it was the biggest drink there. Good thinking. Yeah, it's um, is it half it's a liter? Aye, it's, it's bad for you. Man. It's bad for your guts, man. I was young back then. I was only fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I got vibes here, by the way, we've been ordering in the pub of Clarence, George Bailey's guardian angel in Nick's. Oh, it's too warm for a flaming rum punch. And everyone looks at him, he doesn't really belong, kind of thing. He starts uh, talking to everybody jolly, doesn't he? He's like, oh, what about the attack of those boys the other day? They're all like, well, I don't know anything about it. No, I must be right. <laughs> oh, I'm always right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the darts player kind of heads out, doesn't he? I'm going to check yeah. on the dogs. Brian Glover, the dogs are fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, there's nothing for you here <laughs> and he heads away he sees... oh, so Brad, right? because he went to play him at, at uh, chess oh yeah yeah he's like night night uh, night take takes rook uh, what <laughs> it's a chess <laughs> oh oh Whoa. yes yeah aye aye uh, and outside he's basically in this churchyard isn't he uh, and he basically says the kid's in danger um, David's in danger um, beware the full moon. Brian Glover comes out. That's enough. Not That's enough. And then dark player number one runs away. Yeah. <laughs> Literally runs away, nearly falls in his arms. It's like a proper scurry, isn't it? Um, and again, basically, all of the northern men in this film say goodbye. Film, we're done. We've had enough. That's it. Brian, Brian Glover is perfect, by the way. He's always been one of my favourites. Died in nineteen ninety-seven at the age of sixty-three. Far too young. Far too young. I mean, yeah, he looks yeah. fucking sixty-three here. Yeah, I he? always always been my Rottweiler, but I, I used to watch him in Brass. Remember Brass? I do you remember Brass? Yeah. God, yeah. yeah. He uh, he's in that one episode of Bottom. Isn't yes, it? that's gas- it. Rottweiler. Yeah, Mister yeah, yeah. Rottweiler. Um, he used to be a professional wrestler, going under the 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 name Leon Harris, the man from Paris, <laughs> <laughs> which of course would work brilliantly in a Yorkshire accent. Um. And he adopted the name from a wrestler who didn't turn up for a match one night. <laughs> and he st- stuffed in. Uh, and, he's, uh, and his routine involved a lot of comedy, including the catchphrases, ask him, ref, and how about that then? <laughs> oh, jeez. It sounds like uh, something off the fast show, doesn't it? It really does, doesn't Have it? Have you seen it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Absolutely brutal. Ooh, mother. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> probably two of my favourite things. I mean, I remember him in that very, very bad uh, rugby league film, Up and Under. One of only oh, two right, rugby okay. league films. He, he was dying at the time. He had cancer at the time. Uh, right. And of course, he's in Alien 3. Yeah, he's so he is, very yeah. good in Alien 3. Uh, he's brilliant. And he's he's wonderfully, wonderfully well-spoken in that, but but whilst being Yorkshire. Oh, yeah, yeah. That fantastic I, I, pro- pronounced Yorkshire yep. that they don't have anymore. Yeah, sort that out, Stig. Well, you know, sort that out. Have that. Have that. Start talking like that, please. That would be great. That would be great. Anyway, Super let's get on with the film. 
Meanwhile in London, Alex is off to work. David kisses her goodbye in the street. This horrible little barking fucking Jack Russell is giving it a hell, right? I know. But that's not the worst thing about this shot. The worst thing was these awful laughing twins out of the fucking Shining that were Yeah, they're walking. pretty laughing, aren't they? Yeah, they're uh, horrible bad scenes, oh, man. Jesus. Come play fetch with us, David, forever and ever. <laughs> and, uh, and this ginger tomcat. It's fucking, that's the kid out of the fucking uh, alien. <laughs> oh, God, I It looks like fucking Jonesy. But it also looks a bit like the cat out of that analogy, that anthology film, Cat's Eyes. Do you remember that? Oh, God, I, that, yeah. that horror. Yeah. Like, there's three yeah. of them. There's one James Woods wants to give up smoking. They cut his finger off or something. They kill his uh, wife or something. I can't remember. Um, was there somebody in Dempsey and Makepeace in that? Something yes. Yeah, yeah. De- De- Dempsey. <laughs> Oh, was it Dempsey? Dempsey? Yeah, exactly, Dempsey. Uh, um, David puts on the TV, and on BBC One, it was the test card. Doo. Remember the test card? Remember Telly yeah. shut it down? What were all that about? I know. I love the twelve o'clock, uh, wasn't it? Absolutely, with the uh, with with God save the Queen. Uh, the test card, John, is a way to test your TV's output on colour, brightness, and clarity. This one is the famous test card F. Apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah. If you're our age, of course, listeners, you'll know it. Uh, Carol Hersey, the little girl playing Noughts and Crosses, with this horrific fucking clown doll, who on the website I was reading said the clown doll was called Bubbles the Clown. Freaky bastard. It was first broadcast on the 2nd of July, 1967, which was the day after the BBC did colour broadcast for the first time. Colour? Yeah. Call up, mother. Uh, Carol's dad, George, created it. And 1999 was when they finally killed Test Card J and thankfully Bubbles the Clown. Which I'm grateful for because the day after that, the nightmare stopped. So (laughs) that that fucking helps, that's for sure. Fucking clown. He turns over. He's not happy watching the Test Card, as none of us would. Uh, He turns over. And there's darts on the telly. Now... The first time I watched this, Rachel laughed and went, that guy's called Rab Smith of Scotland. And I was like, all right, Rab Smith. That's a bit of a generic name. And then I saw he was playing Cliff Lazarenko. And in my head, I went, I have not thought about the name Cliff Lazarenko for about 30 years because these two were real people. He was watching the Nations League final from 1981, which Rab Smith and Scotland won. Whoa. There you go, John. You'd be pleased to know. Uh, in the in the team alongside Rab Smith was Jockey Wilson. Oh, Dame Favourite Man. Wilson, who I well, think Dexy's Midnight Runners sang about, didn't they? At least that's what they thought made us know on top of the pops. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That because it was always him playing Eric Bristol, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was it was always, always him playing him. Eric Bristol. But yeah, Cliff Lazarenko, I was like, no. What? Why have they? I thought they yeah. just recorded a darts match for this, but no, it was actual thing. Yeah, well, they even done a that there was a advert for News of the World, wasn't there? Nina Ray, Carter, naughty Nina. Nina. Oh. Yeah, real person revealing her amazing yes. life. Busy model, absolutely, she was, and uh, she was a pop star. She had one record. Um, do you remember these sensationalist adverts? They must have run these till like the nineties. No. They would always yeah, yeah. advertise that like, I'm going to be talking about my life, my loves, yeah. and my motor cars <laughs> only in the news of the world. Nina Carter isn't dead, but thankfully the news of the world is. So fuck Murdoch. Yeah, it's gone. And fuck Goodbye. the Tories while we're on it. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, he switches the TV off then, because we only had three channels at the time, and they were all rubbish. They were all shit. Yeah. We see a montage of him, bored as fuck. Yeah. What was it for you, faithful fun? I smell the blood of an Englishman. Uh, he's listening to Bad Moon Rising, 1969. Nice. clear Clearwater revival song. Made its number one, John, in Ireland and the UK, but only number 10 in your favourite place. What? In the Netherlands? Correct, in Birmingham. That's right. Um, I guess they didn't hold out much hope for the tape deck or the Credence. Um, Two million copies sold in the US, which meant it went double platinum. Bit tasty, that. DP? (laughs) 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 Indeed. Back in the hospital, Benjamin's shouting no at Alex, and she says, uh, have you ever been beaten severely around the face and neck? <laughs> Fucking hell, Beverly Alec. Give it a rest. <laughs> Be- Beverly Alec, who's that a reference for? Uh, hit us up on social media if you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> See, John, we could do true crime references. Where are all our fucking listeners for that? Listening to true crime points. Yeah, they should be listening to this. Uh, <laughs> Probably, I mean, are people still upset about that Beverly Allen thing? I probably are. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, back at the flat, the moon is out and David's in agony. I'm burning up. He rips all his clothes off and the metamorphosis begins. And this is what Rick Baker won the fucking awards for. It's gorgeous. Right. The stretching of the hands, the legs, oh. the teeth coming through, the, the back the was as hairy through. as mine. Mm-hmm. I was watching the extras on the disc. And in fact, this extra must have been from like a video presentation in the 90s. And Rick Rick Baker in 4-3, the sucky beautiful 4-3, blurry as fuck, man. Like I was watching it through fucking Vaseline, right? Um, <laughs> he was complaining that it took him, um, took him three months to figure out and organize the stretching of the face. And you only see it for a matter of like five seconds. He was raging. And then he saw it in the cinema with the audience who all audibly gasped. And he was like, ah, do you know what? It was worth it. <laughs> I was like, ah, good man. Amazing. It's still to this day. It's still, it's still a well, to watch. Yeah, because it's, because it's real, because it's really there. Yeah. I love practical effects. Me too. Taxi pulls up outside of this house. And out gets Harry. And, oh, Harry's a wag, isn't he? Oh, he's a fucking wingnut. He's like, (laughs) no, no, let's not go in through the front door. Let's go in through the back. Oh, we'll really give old Jeffrey a fright. And his fiance's like, oh, you're crazy, Harry. Yeah, you're crazy, Harry. And and as they go around the back, they get American Werewolf in London, which I quite liked. Uh, The lady of the house is like, there's some hooligans out there again. Her husband goes out, he, he... he heads out, annoyed with his whiskey with, in his hand. With port, port in hand. Mate, that's exactly what I would do as well. Uh, and he finds their corpses. For the hand. <laughs> yeah. At the hospital, Dr. Hirsch calls Alex into his office and explains he's been to East Proctor. Um, and that when David came in, his wounds had already been cleaned and, and, and dealt with. He believes, I believe the villagers were lying. Uh, they're hiding the truth. Um, he thinks that they should call the police. This next bit, which is nothing, at Tower Bridge, these three hobos in the scrapyard, yeah. right? And Rachel turned to me and went, like, how is there a scrapyard that close to Tower Bridge? And I was like, oh, I don't know. well, it, 
basically before Bob Hoskins complained that it was all going to be gentrified in the next two years in that video <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> and this is all going to be fucking turned into flats in the next two years. This is more fucking London. You can't. <laughs> if you've not seen that, listen, it's great fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then all these hobos basically get uh, eaten. We then move to Tottenham Court Road, uh, more specifically the Northern Line, with this yeah, twat yeah. in his fucking MCC eggs and bacon tie. Gets yeah, off the get, getting something at the vending machine. Chocolate out the vending I machine. I spotted yeah, Cadbury's there. Yeah, nearly the vending machines nowadays because fucking kids keep smashing them up. Exactly. Oh, all right, old man. Nah, <laughs> would you have bought kids. chocolate out of a vending machine? Would you fuck? Oh, yeah, fuck. On the would. tube? Aye, sometimes you On the clockwork you orange, would you? Uh, well, oh, no, not on no. your life, mate. Um, I don't know if I went away put my hand in the slot in case somebody <laughs> put a job in it or something. Right. <laughs> um, he hears the howling, and because he's middle class, uh, he doesn't believe in the noise. I'm going to report you. All right, you public school wanker. He gets chased through the station tunnel, which I thought was some of the best shots. Yeah, because you've seen the poster, it says orgy every Wednesday. Yeah. So that comes back later. It does, absolutely. In fact, we've, we've covered that in a previous episode. Um, he then falls on the escalator and gets torn apart. You get to see it for the first time, though. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Distance, it but you it looks it. good. Next morning, we're in London Zoo, and David wakes up naked in a wolf compound. Real wolves, really na- nervous wolves, these, by the way. When he jumps yeah, up, yeah. it's like, oh, fucking hell, it's a man. Stranger <laughs> <laughs> um, <Change of> danger. <laughs> uh, somebody, by the way, on David for an 18 year old fucking lad, wasn't there? I know. I know shit. Proper 80s bush as well on him. Uh, he runs and hides in this bush after getting spotted by Molly Sugden. It's not her, <laughs> but he definitely gave her pussy a shock. <laughs> um, he nicks balloons off this petulant little schoolboy and a lady's coat off of a bench. Mummy, yeah. a naked American man stole my balloons. You what? <laughs> hey! Two pounds, even a pound had to give her for a pound. Exactly, especially in the 80s. Um, Arrives back at Alex's flat and gets dressed. Says, I lost my mind. I woke up in the zoo. I don't remember anything that happened. The phone rings. It's Dr. Hirsch. He wants to see David at the hospital. Um, David's explained he's never felt like he's ever had so much energy. He's never felt so good. And I got pure Brundlefly vibes here, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah, you know, because as soon as he goes through the transformation... He feels invigorated and he's stronger Aye. and he's fitter. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, Eater. yeah. Healthier. More productive. Uh, <laughs> she manages to get him into a taxi. Did you spot the taxi driver, John? Of course I did. Fucking hell. Of course I did. Another link to last week's episode, Alan Ford. I was going to say that because it's just weird how it all comes. comes as soon as Because then they see him, he just started yeah. talking, didn't he, at first? And I'm like, Oh my god! It reminds you of the Ripper of London, uh, the Ripper of Old <laughs> London Town, and I'm like, nobody else talks like that. Like nobody in the world talks like he talks. It's a fucking beautiful voice. It's, uh, it's, cracking, it's so it? good. It's cracking. Never young, by the way. Was he? Aye. He's always a prindle balls. <laughs> um, it turns out there were six murders in different parts of the cities. He must have been a right maniac, that fella. <laughs> uh, they jump out. At Trafalgar Square. Um, yeah. And this is the end of Alan Ford in the film. Like fucking three lines. David runs up to a copper who's having his photo taken with some children. I mean, does that still happen? Or do kids now just want to call police fascists and spit on them? Aye, they're, they're over it. They're over it. Um, 
David says, the Queen's a man, and a few other choice things that we're not going to repeat on here. Oh, um, yeah. Shakespeare was French, which I quite liked. Uh, but yeah, that was good. <laughs> British Charles has got sausage fingers. <laughs> um, the cop refuses to arrest him. David says to Alex, I love you, but it's not safe to be with me. We need to get away. Uh, and he runs across the road and nearly gets mullered by a fucking Cortina. <laughs> Did you know, by the way... Uh, they wanted producers originally wanted Dan Aykroyd as David and John Belushi as Jack. Can you fucking imagine? That would never have worked. Can you imagine? No Fuck that. Uh, on the trip to Blues Brothers, Piccadilly Circus wasn't friendly to movie production, so Landis arranged for a free screening of Blues Brothers and invited three hundred coppers. Next thing you knew. The office had given him permission to shoot there for a few hours across two nights and to stop Lord. traffic. Jesus. Yeah. I don't, they couldn't do that nowadays. Bro. No, absolutely. Um, they set up a, a set for the crew to rehearse on so they could be ready to do the big crash without losing mm-hmm. time. Um, and Landis has a quick cameo. Uh, he's the pedestrian that gets hit by the car. Oh, with the big he? hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear oh, that. I just want that. I think it's quite good. Yeah, I did actually take it back after I'd read that. I took it back and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is. He goes into a phone box, remember the phone boxes, um, and makes a reverse charges call, Piccadilly Circus, to his little sister. His parents aren't home, and he asks Rachel to pass the message that he loves them all. Oh. Rachel and Max. What's a kid that is in at home? At home alone. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, he now attempts to cut his wrist with what, John? A uh, Swiss Army knife. He can't go through with it. Or I assume the knife was too blunt to cut skin, because they always were. Well, not the ones I had. I thought I was ever cut myself every day with pen knives. Oh, no did, Swiss yeah. Army knives, just pen. Nah, oh, every right, time I got okay. money, I'd line up buying a, like a, pen, a pen knife for absolutely no reason. Okay. David looks across the road. He sees Jack waving outside this pornography theatre. Well, oh, the, yeah. this Mose, this Mose that you were at was, was it is it a bar or something? It's a <laughs> pornography store. I was buying pornography. Uh, he heads in, and Jack's at the back. Signals for him to join him. Now, I love this because Jack is now so basically like boys. yeah, he is a puppet, and it's fantastic. Right. And just so they could get the mouth right with the words, mm-hmm. they had Griffin done. Do the moving the puppet mouth. Oh, that is acting. Yeah, so he was oh, actually acting good. as himself and the puppet, which I think is really good. That's uh, a good idea. Rick the, again, the Rick Baker fucking documentary I watched to create this. They did a full body cast of Griffin Dunn, and they yeah. molded the head out of the body cast of Griffin Dunn. So the head supposedly is the right size of Griffin's uh-huh. head. Right. And it's, it's, it looks like you know, just look at him, like him, just looks, like fucking crip, crip master, but it still looks great. <laughs> it looks great. I really does, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love who he's brought along here Gerald oh. Brinsley, the guy that was murdered on the subway. Uh, and he says, uh, it's, it's all right for you, you're dead. I'm not dead, I'm undead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I have to walk the earth the rest of my life. Now, I'm going to blow you away here, John. I've met Gerald Brinsley. What? Otherwise known as actor Michael Carter. Uh-huh. All right. Local to me. He's from Dumfries originally. And I met him at Comic-Con one year and told him that he was my favourite toy growing up. Because, John, Michael Carter is Bib Fortuna in Return of the Jedi. 
Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, and Bib Fortuna was my favourite Star Wars figure as a kid. Wow. Bib Fortuna and Boba Fett were my two favourites. And Boba Fett was me. Yeah, Definitely there you go. Me. And uh, it's something, it's something like Bib Fortuna had these really ch- chonky legs yeah, that you used to be able to do kicks with. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Jabba Nobata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. Um, Gerald explains that he needs to die. He's not happy. But Harry and Judith, the couple that he killed, are very happy. And they're really oh, lovely. Hello. <laughs> the hobos. Can't say I'm pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they all come up with ideas of how he can kill himself really cheerily. A gun! Oh, sleeping yeah. pills! He's not into it. And then he's like, no, I, I don't really think I'd want that to happen. Um, and someone says, oh, you, you could always, you could, Gerald says, you could always hang yourself. And Jack says, oh, no, what if it didn't work? It'd be really painful. You'd choke to death. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. And then th- those two are like, an electric shock, a car crash. <laughs> really, really cheery, lovely fucking British people. Laugh, yeah. <laughs> David changes in the back of the theatre. And obviously it sounds like he's violently pulling himself off. I know. Go away! Yeah. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> he murders an usher, and these bobbies show up to carnage in the theatre. They pull down the shutter to trap him, and he breaks through. Like It's almost like a kind of a Looney Tunes cartoon-style breakthrough. Aye. I love it. He decapitates the detective that's been through the whole film. <laughs> he yeah, looks a bit like him. Victor out of... Oh, no, a bit like... Yeah, Victor out of Still Game, doesn't he? Oh, With the tash. I see that, right? With the tash, yeah. He causes the 70s, this... The 70s version. Yeah. He causes this huge smash on Piccadilly Circus, including oh. this cop getting squashed between two cars. Yeah. And my favourite was a stuntman crashing out of a London bus top deck window. Yeah. 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 They all look great. Yeah, very Blues Brothers, a lot of fun. Uh, the Beast runs into the alley, and it's a dead yeah. end. The riot cops prepare to shoot him. Alex and Hersh are here now. She breaks through the line of coppers to the beast. She tells him she loves him. And you see the beast's face like soften for a moment. Yeah. And then they just fill him with bullets. Nice. She bursts into tears as she sees him turn yeah. back into David, just like the other guy did. And bam, credits Blue Moon. That's it. Blue Moon again. Still so... good. Still, ah, still, still amazing. Good. Still amazing. Uh, what else you got for us, John? Uh, Merlin nowadays generally means uncultivated hill land. All oh, right, okay. The Dandy's first issue was printed December 37, making it the world's third longest running comic after Il Garimio and, the Det- and Detective Comics. Oh, he's got a wee, uh, the, the wee Benjamin's reading Dandy, isn't it? Yeah, good spot. Uh, yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fee 5 is from uh, Jack the Beanstalk, but it's thought the first written version was called Jack, of, of Jack the Beanstalk, was called Jack Spriggins and the Enchanted Bean. <laughs> <laughs> It was, enchanted. it was enchanted. It was published in uh, 1734. That's the problem, ladies, isn't it? Jacks never find the enchanted bean. <laughs> never. Uh, and I don't think I don't know if I believe this one, but I was looking up Paddy Wagon in the mean of Paddy Wagon. It says that over half the people who were arrested in New York in the 1940s and 50s were Irish, mm-hmm. hence they called them Paddy Wagons. Yeah. yeah. That that is probably is true. That probably is true. <laughs> I also assumed it might have been. Because there was a lot of Irish cops. Ah, right, yeah. okay. Paddy's wagon. Yeah. Uh, but aye, that's me. That's it. Okay. That's all she wrote. Uh, Landis claimed he showed executive producers the exact same version of the movie they'd seen before after they'd asked him to tone down the gore. Uh, he says they declared the supposed new cut, quote unquote, much better. 
Thick bastards. <laughs> um, Michael Jackson called Landis personally to tell him how much he loved an American wolf in London and asked him to work with the director and Rick Baker um, on the resulting music video for... Is it Min? Is it Minwalker? No, Thriller. I was going to say Minrika. <laughs> <laughs> you only live twice. <laughs> um, it almost didn't actually come out. Because apparently he had a Bob Dylan-style religious objection to the content. Oh, really? Yeah, um, which is why it airs at the beginning with a disclaimer saying that he doesn't, quote-unquote, endorse the occult. So he doesn't oh. endorse the occult, but he's all right touching teenage it's, boys. Give me, give me the money. Yeah. Give me the money. <laughs> uh, John, that is me. Oof, man. What, have you, what do you think we've got? 87. Oh, it's a bit less than that. 81? 74. Which is a little bit disappointing, but I've got to be honest with you, I got very fucking involved both times watching it, just watching it. (laughs) Just watching it. And and that's the problem, watching good films, is you you get so absorbed. Watching Even, I I was saying, second time watching it, I felt as if I was just going, oh my, but it wasn't anything to do with the film, it was just, Memories, no, no, it's great. It's a great film. It's just a great film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, listeners, again, give us a quid. We will shout you out. Um, we had a great time. We, our promise to you is that we're going to do more good films, we're going to do more big films this year. Um, mainly because we get sick of watching shit. Um, (laughs) We're going to do stuff that's we're still going to do stuff that like probably no one else is doing we hope Um, but we're also going to do some of the great stuff that you want to do uh, and we'll do lots of gags and bits and pieces from that fantastic John say something nice to the lovely people at home who spent uh, an hour 10 minutes listening to this if you could take anything away from this show tonight it's the American Werewolf in London is absolutely amazing. It is. So I actually, um, actually watch this one. <laughs> and we are not. <laughs> Sometimes we do these shows to actually warn people about stuff. Yeah, about not watching I, it. I, I can generally say watching this was just, even though it's sold, it's, it's still brilliant. It's still classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listeners, we'll be back next week with something else British, kind of British. There might be like one British person in it that was filmed in fucking Santa Monica. I don't know yet, uh, but we will try and keep it uh, quintessentially British. Uh, but for yeah. now, he's been John, I've been Planty. There's been 74 things we've learned from American Wolf in London. See ya. Ta-ta. Stay off the moors, lads. Thank <laughs> you.